Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, June 15th edition of the MBA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. I'm joined by Mr. Big Marcel there. It's a, it's a special time tonight, guys. Marcel had some stuff going on during the day. Uh, so we're going to do it tonight for an hour, as always. I uh, had AJ on the show yesterday. Today's his birthday. I wanted to give him a happy birthday. Uh, Metro was my dad's birthday yesterday. So all these guys are having birthdays that are connected to the show, which is awesome. Um, I, you know, Marcel, I know you want you want to ask me about this. So I'll just mention it. I did get verified on Twitter today, guys, which is unbelievable. I mean, I'm I'm beyond excited. Like, I'm still surprised. I got to be honest. Here's the thing: I applied for it in 2015 or 16, whenever they did a lot. They had the the applications the last time, and at that time, everyone got it. James Lynch, Kareem Zidane, Nick Baldwin, all these guys got got it, and they denied me. And I was just as much a part of the community back then as I am now. So. I, I got it rejected then, and that's why I thought, you know, this time I might as well throw it in and see what they say. Luckily, I got a, I got accepted, man. So I, I'm beyond excited. I, I deserve it. I, I know I do, but it still was a surprise. You know, I got to be honest, Marcel. So I appreciate the kind words, though, man. I know you had some kind words, and I, I think you deserve it too, quite frankly. You know, like, especially with a guy like you, and I told you this, you're always getting, like, uh, fake people, fake profiles. It'd be good for you to have that thing. So, I, like I said, man, I have no idea how they do it. But, you know, I had some people saying, how come, like, you're verified and, like, Adrian Yanez isn't and, like, Rosanam Yunus? Guys, that has nothing to do with me, literally. Like, I'm a journalist. I deserve to be verified. I don't know why they're not. I have no idea. But it has nothing to do with me. So I just wanted to mention that because people are tagging fighters that aren't verified. And I'm like, guys, what does that have to do with me? Like, you know what I mean, Marcel? Like, I don't get it. So, anyways, it was a pleasant surprise, bro. And I I think you should get it, too. You know, whenever you – Whenever you applied, was it two weeks ago? You should be getting it the next couple of days. Like Marcel yeah, deserves I, it, guys. So, yeah, I applied. Like I think uh, it's now over like one and a half week ago or something. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't was, heard anything back. But yeah, I mean, I don't expect anything to be really honest, you know. But um, either that would be nice. But but it would be nice for for those imposters, you know. It's just annoying me to me. So uh, people are like, it's kind of a compliment, you know, that people do it. But the thing is, if they're going to spread false news and people think it's me, it's damaging. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I agree. Uh, I, and by the way, man, let's not uh, get off the topic, man. I'm super happy for you. You know that. I think you deserve it. And you deserve it for a long time, man. It's, I'm glad they uh, finally give, give you the recognition you know you deserve. And uh, I mean, for many people saying, it's just what I verified, but this is big. I know this is big for you, man, and I'm super happy for you. Uh, you know, Thanks, I, I think you're you're amazing, man. You do so much for the for, for the industry, for you, for the MMA media, for anything. So I'm super super happy for you. And also, let me add to that: uh, happy birthday, happy birthday to you, man, um, AJ Shulo, and uh, also happy birthday to your dad, man. Yesterday. Thanks, man. I'm sure he'll be happy for. He's. I don't know if he's still drunk, but he was yesterday. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> like, I got him a case of beer. My mom got him a bottle of liquor. My 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 sister got him a case of beer. I, I'm pretty sure he's all enjoying himself. But uh, yeah, happy birthday, AJ. <laughs> But yeah, you're right, Marcel. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's just a good thing for us guys as a, as a people that love this podcast and, and you know, it's just hopefully going to help everyone grow. So today, like I said, we have a late edition of the show, but we're still going to cover the uh, the card this weekend, UFC Vegas uh, 29. Now, there were a couple fights that fell off at the last second. Now, you want to talk about the news you broke today, Marcel? Tim Means is off the card. Who's he fighting now? Yeah, I didn't really broke it myself, but I knew about it. But uh, the UFC was quicker than me, so yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, Tim Means is off the card. Uh, Danny Roberts has uh, COVID-related uh, problems, oh, so okay. Um, okay. yeah, Tim, Tim Means is uh, fighting uh, Nicolas Dalby, who was supposed to fight Sergey Gandoshko. 
next mm-hmm. week. Yep. So it means it's on that card now. So there's still a, a spot to fill in for uh, Sumudergi, who was supposed to fight Tim Elliott. I don't know what's going to happen with that one, but uh, yeah. And the card is still not finalized. Next week's card, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, Gone and Volkov card. That's the last one mm-hmm. of June. Anyways, yeah, so that fight fell off. I, I got to be honest, you know, I, I actually didn't get a chance to even break it down. I was I just based on, you know, the matchup, I was leaning towards Tim Means, but I didn't even get a chance to break it down. Thankfully, you were able to tell me that this morning. The fight was off. I saw Tim Means' tweet already anyway, so I knew it was off, but uh, I'm glad he's going to fight again next week. Anyway, so we got 12 fights to get through today. And, uh, I mean, the card's okay. It's not, obviously it's not the greatest card, guys. You look at this card and you're like, there's no, there's no huge names besides the main event. But there are some pretty decent matchups on here, and I uh, can't wait to talk about you guys. So let's get into it, Marcel. Let's start with the first fight of the night, women's flyweight bout between Laura Procopio and Casey O'Neill. Odds right now, Laura Procopio minus 150, Casey O'Neill plus 130 underdog, Marcel. Uh, what do you think of this one, man? I agree with the odds, by the way, to be honest. I think uh, Laura Procopio, um, she showed herself against Molly McCann, man. You know, uh, we all know she was... Uh, she, she was she was uh, she fought Carol Rosa in her USC debut. Went to a split decision. I think Rosa was should have won that unanimous to be really honest. But it was a competitive fight, you know. Um, after that, I gotta have I gotta do my fan a little bit like that because it's blowing in my ear. Um, I think uh, Casey O'Neill. Yeah, Casey O'Neill had a good debut, man, against uh, Shauna Dobson, you know. But uh, Shauna Dobson, uh, she's not in the UFC anymore. Uh, don't want to talk any shit because she she she's a she's a I think she's a nice person but uh, didn't really think she was really UFC material to be really honest. Um, for that, uh, I saw some fight from Casey O'Neill, not really impressed, you know, before the UFC before she fought in the UFC, she did impress and she adopted the view. So you know, the thing is, I think Procopio might be too strong for her, definitely on the ground, you know, and. Um, the thing is, I think the, the the popular pick for this one would probably be Casey O'Neill. But uh, nah, I'm going with Procopio, man. I think she has more, um, she's stronger. And definitely if she can take the fight to the ground, although O'Neill is not bad on the ground, I, don't, I just think Procopio is a little bit better. So uh, I'm going with Procopio in this one, going with a unanimous decision. Yeah, this one, this is pretty close fight. I see a lot of people, just from what I saw briefly on Twitter, they're all over Procopio here. I'm not so sure, guys. I got to be honest. I think this fight's close. I really do. Casey, I agree. Like, she didn't look that impressive on the regional circuit. I wasn't too impressed. And I, I even thought had some question marks about the Shane Dobson fight. I thought, you know, maybe this is too much of a step up. But she looked good in that fight. There's no doubt about it. Procopio's looked good in the UFC, too. I kind of feel like it's almost grappler-grappler in this fight. Like, they both like to grapple. So it's a tough fight to call, guys, honestly. I think Casey O'Neill, though, like, there's a little bit more upside here with her. She's a little bit younger. She's a little bit taller. She has a longer reach in this fight. It's a close fight, but I I, I see a, small edges in her favor. So, I don't know. It's close, but I, I, I would think it's dog or pass, Marcel. I've got to be honest with you, man. I think this fight is – it should be lined as a pick and Procopio is a little bit too high of a favor right now. So, I, I would probably take a, the shot of the dog here, but, again, you know, we'll wait a few days. It's, today's Tuesday. Fridays are the win, Saturdays are the fight. So we break it down earlier in the week, but right now my lead would actually be the dog there. All right, let's go to the next fight here, Marcel. Joaquin Silva against Ricky Glenn. They changed his name. It's not Rick Glenn anymore. It's Ricky Glenn, guys. So, yeah, he, he goes by Ricky now. Um, I thought that was a mistake of topology, but UFC Stats changed his name too. So he's, he did change his name apparently. Added the Y to it. All right, Marcel. I want you to call me Marcelli from now on. Marcelli Dorf. Okay, Marcelli. Uh, <laughs> 
we got close odds for this one. Glenn actually opened as the favorite here, and the line <laughs> flipped now, and Joaquin Silva is the favorite now, minus 130, plus 110 for Rick Glenn. So what are you thinking in this one, man? Pretty close fight, too. Yeah, this is a pretty horrible fight to pick, in my opinion. Um, I, I really liked Joaquin Buckley for a long time, you know. And then, Joaquin Silva, you mean, not Joaquin Buckley, yeah, man. I, I'm so sorry, Joaquin <laughs> Silva, man. Oh, man, that's so bad. Joaquin, not to BJJ, guys. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, Joaquin Silva, um, he's from Evolusao Thai. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I like him for a long time. I think he's a good fighter, but uh, when he gets more tough competition, he, he doesn't show up, man, in my opinion. The Vince Bichel one wasn't really good. And then that's what Hakparasi got knocked out in that one. He got a nice win over Jared, Jared Gordon in a fight, I think. Then it wasn't going his way. I don't know exactly anymore. Adam can tell you more about that probably later. Um, Ricky Glenn. It's, it's still so weird to call him Ricky Glenn. I always call him Rick Glenn, you know. Man, everybody remembers that fight against Gavin Tucker. The crazy fight, man. He, he dominated for start to finish. And the referee could have interfered a few times, but he didn't. Um, Lost his most recent fight to Kevin Aguilar, but it was in 2018 already. So, yeah. a long time away from the cage. Uh, Joaquin Buckley's most recent fight is in 2019, so also pretty long time away from the cage. Um, man, 50-50 to me, this fight, man. I think the popular pick here would be Ray Glenn, but I'm feeling Joaquin Silva can probably put him away. I'm going with Joaquin Silva via TKO in the second round. Yeah, this one's this is tough. I, 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 this is a fight I'm looking at. I'm scratching my head. It's, it, as much as I watch these guys' fights back, it's still a hard fight to pick. I'm leaning a little bit towards Silva too, though, Marcel, just a little bit because I do think he is a little bit more well-rounded. Like I like his striking a little bit better. He is a good striker. Um, he does have a little bit of power too. Rick Glenn's also moving up to lightweight in this fight. He was fighting at featherweight previously, so I'm not sure how strong he's going to be at lightweight compared to where he was at featherweight because. I watched that Evan Dunham fight back. That was at lightweight. He got taken down and controlled in that fight. So I'm, I'm a little bit worried that, yeah, he's tall and everything, but he's not really, like, a strong dude. He's got that, like, long, tall frame. I'm not sure, Marcel. This is a tough thing to call. I mean, both guys have just been really lackluster in the UFC. I'm actually surprised they're both still on the roster, to be honest with you. Um, but the, the thing that really is just confusing on this fight is the layoff, right, for both guys. Like you yeah, said, Rick Glenn, Ricky, Ricky Glenn, almost three-year layoff, and Joaquin, two-year layoff. So you got two guys – haven't fought in a long time. They're coming back. They might be. They might look like different fighters. We, we don't really know. So it's a tricky fight. It really is. I'm leaning towards Silva a little bit. I think he's just a more solid fighter, but it's it's very close for Silva. I'm worried about that guy's durability too a little bit. You know, he, he is coming off a knockout loss his last fight. So Rick Klein, he's a guy that, as we saw against Gavin Tucker, man, he can throw in the kitchen sink at you. So, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Rick Klein, Marcel. I, I, I've known him for a long time because I, I watched him come up on the regional scene. He fought a couple of shows here in Ontario. So I, I've been well aware of him for years. And I remember even when he fought in WSOF and was a champion there. So he's a good fighter, but I feel like he's a little past his prime now. Um, they're both 32, but it feels like Silva is a little bit more in his prime. All right, let's go to the next fight here. Um, this is interesting too, Marcel. Josh Preezing, it's Roki Martinez. And a lot of people were asking how to pronounce his name. It's, it's Roki, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure it is because John interviewed him and he called him Roki and Commentators called him that. So a lot of people were calling him Rock or, or Roke. It's Roki, I'm pretty sure. He's a Guam guy. I, I didn't even know he spoke like – they do speak English there, obviously. But he was talking to John. Great interview. I, I definitely recommend it, um, watching that one. Um, and Josh Josh Preezing did an interview, I think, with James, too. I watched what they were saying. I, I was interested to hear both guys' mindsets coming off their losses. And just, just before I get your breakdown, Marcel, I, it was just interesting to hear Preezing talk about he, – he said he had the UFC Jaders in his debut against uh, Parker Porter. 
he said he felt like the jitters and his legs were really like um he felt like molasses kind of so I, I can see that happening Roki Martinez just pretty much embarrassed after that last fight um or the Romanov fight was even worse but Anyways, I mean, it's an interesting fight. I mean, a lot of people are going to look at this and they're going to be like, this is a slop fest. It could be, but it could be a fun fight too. We'll see. Because I like that Parisian porker fight, that porter fight. That was, a, I called him porker. I meant to say porter. That was, I know, oh my God, sorry. Sorry, Parker. Anyways, <laughs> I know, right? It was a good fight though. Two big boys. Um, anyways, this fight, <laughs> and I'm not one to talk. Me and Marcel are both heavyweights too. So we're, we're the porkers too. Um, Josh Parisian, Marcel, very small favorite here. Minus 130. Roki Martinez plus 110. Who's your pick? I had to laugh because someone else always said that to me as well. So uh, uh, the same name, but this is also that. So that's why I had to laugh. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the Octagon Jitters. I mean, you had the Jitters when you had the first podcast with me. So it's all good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, Josh Parisian. Uh, man, I remember him uh, winning in the Contender Series. And uh, he thought he was going to get a contract. And Dana was like, we're doing a heavyweight season ultimate fighter next year and uh you can be one of you will be one of the contestants and he was like oh my god actually really don't feel that but um yeah some way he didn't felt uh, he didn't want the ultimate fighter got back in the contender series one got his chance lost to parker porter like you said parker porter actually looked good in that fight he looked really um, crazy. yeah uh roki martinez uh, came from Ryzen, you know, was a very short notice uh, signing by the UFC to fight Romanov. Romanov was uh, not, uh, I mean, uh, he was not in Romanov's league, you know, Romanov just too good, was too good. Uh, he, he lost to Dantail Mace. Is it Dantail Mace? I only also ha always have a difficulty to how to pronounce his name. Yeah, Dantail Mace, yeah, yeah. No, Dantail Mace. So uh, he lost to him as well. The thing is, I think if Josh Parisian, I know he, he likes his strike and, and that kind of stuff, but I think if he gets a takedown and can control Roki Martinez, he probably will win. So I'm taking him via ground and pound TQ. Nicholas says, uh, hey, guys, been a minute, can't watch live. That's all right, man. Congrats on verification. I appreciate that, man. Thanks, Nick. I know you're a big supporter, man. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah, this is a tough one because you know what? i got to be honest. So my initial thought looking at it, I'm like, all right, Parisian is a guy I like a lot. From Contender Series, he should have been in the UFC. We all, we all thought he should have been after he knocked out Greg Rebello. Now, I went back and watched his fights during his run yesterday, um, during his six-fight win streak before the Porter fight. Because I remember being really surprised when Porter won that fight. And obviously, he had that great win on uh, Contender Series where he looked good. But I watched these fights again, Marcel. Hmm. Guys, he's really not as good as I thought he was, Josh Parisian. He's not as good as I thought he was at all, to be honest with you. He um, has a lot of holes in his game. His cardio is really bad. He can get taken down himself. His striking defense isn't good. His chin's not great. I, I'm not impressed after watching the fights back. I got to be honest with you, Marcel. So I got to be honest with you. I might go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Maybe he can tr try to learn some uh, judo tools from his brother, Caro Parisi. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> They're not actually related. But, anyways, yeah, yeah, no, I, <laughs> you know, like, I, 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 like I've been stumping for this guy for a while, but I look closer. He's not as good as I thought. And Roki, don't get me wrong, he looked terrible in the two fights. Okay. The Romanov fight, especially, looked absolutely awful. Maze fight. He could have probably won that fight, but I think he can win this fight, man. I, I, it's crazy as, as it sounds because I think this guy's look terrible. And I, I assumed I was going to fade him, but I actually feel like this is a winnable fight for, for Roki. And I'll tell you why, because I think he has better cardio and, and more toughness and durability. I don't think he can knock this guy out. The only fight he's ever lost by TKO was against Krokop. And that was a terrible stoppage, Marcel. You saw that fight too. Brutal stoppage. He had no, they had no business stopping this fight. This dude is so tough. We saw that against Romanov. Like, Romanov kept punching in the head. He wouldn't get knocked out. Like, it was crazy. 
I think he's tougher than Josh Parisi. I think he's more durable, and I think he can win this fight. So I wasn't expecting to pick Roki based on the first two fights, but I'm not impressed by Parisian, man. I'm not impressed by either guy, but I'm a little bit more impressed by Roki at least having heart and toughness. I don't know if Parisian has that. So, yeah, man, I'm going to go with the underdog here, Marcel. With the, what are the odds? The odds are close. I, it's, did I not read them? Sorry, guys, if I didn't read them. The odds, yeah, minus 130, plus 110. So okay. it's essentially like very close, but slightly mm -hmm. towards Parisian. So, yeah, I mean, he could win because he's obviously the bigger guy. He is going to have a weight advantage. I should mention that. He'll have a, a bit of a weight advantage, but the cardio really bothers me, Marcel. And, again, a lot of these fights he's won, he, he'll take a guy down, just punch him. He'll get mount and punch him in the head. But the guys he fought, guys, they suck. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but these guys that he fought in, like, Detroit, Michigan on the way up, they stink. They're not good fighters. And he basically got them down, punched them in the head until they were, they were done. I don't know if that works at the UFC level. It's something you always got to watch out for in the regional scene. Just because a guy can get a takedown, get full mount, and punch a guy out doesn't mean he can do it at the UFC level. And as we saw against Parker Porter, you couldn't put that guy away, Marcel. And that is concerning to me because I'm sorry, but I know Parker Porter, like, he looked good in that fight. But come on, all of us thought he was going to get knocked out in that fight, just like he got knocked out by Dawkins. So, yeah, I, I don't trust Parisian anymore, guys. And I'm, I'm actually leaning towards Martinez. All right, let's go to the next fight, Marcel. Um, we have... A, it's an interesting so fight low. here. Pardon? Crazy that's so low on the card, this one. I know. This fight should be maybe opening the main card or yeah. even on it instead of that Wellington tournament fight. But Matt Semmelsberger taking on Chaos Williams. I really like this fight. This is an awesome fight. Minus 155 for Chaos, plus 135 for Sammy the Jedi. Give me your thoughts, man. Yeah, this is a great fight. This is uh, between two guys who have done really well so far in the UFC. You know, definitely uh, if you look at the Samurai the Jedi, Matthew Samuelsberger, uh, two wins in the UFC, that uh, crazy quick KO win. Uh, I bet yeah, on that. That was the yeah. easiest bet I ever had in my life. I couldn't first punch. I mean, McKin actually, McKinney was easier. McKinney was seven seconds. This was 16 seconds. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I had I had him and I had the fight not going the distance, and they both cashed under a minute. So it was a good night for me. Go ahead. Normally, people say when you cut your hair, you lose your strength, you know, but uh, <laughs> he cut his hair and he gained strength. Uh, the Carlton minus fight, yeah, mi minus didn't look good in the fight at all. And I think Samuelsberger was so, just a level above him, man. And he, he won a fight unanimous decision for that. Um, I've seen him fight in the in the in the cage fury where he won against uh, Zulkarnan uh, with a very difficult name. Uh, a guy he won the split decision there. Um, I mean, Samuelsberger looks good now. Chaos Williams. The thing what I have with Chaos Williams, man, if he doesn't get that knockout, I don't know how nope. he will fare. You know what nope. I mean? I'm, I have the same. Uh, I have the same concern. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Because I mean, you saw uh, he had so much, so much hype, knocking out Alex Morono in his debut. Then he knocked out Abdul Razak Al Hassan, and we gotta say with Al Hassan, man, since his comeback uh, after such yep. a long layoff, he hasn't looked good at all. Nope. You know, nope. so uh, how? And then he lost to Pereira, which was a close fight, but I think Pereira won the fight. Um, so how does he fare against a guy at Samuelsberger who can go three rounds? Um, I don't know. And Samuelsberger got knockout power as well, which Chaos Williams has as well. So this is this is actually was all ingredients to get the fight of the night here. And yeah. if you get maybe a performance of the night. Um, smart pick here, I think Samuelsberger via decision probably. I think uh, Samuelsberger can uh, has has more ways to win in this fight than KS Williams probably. Yeah, so I'm going with Samuelsberger. 
I like both guys. They're both good fighters. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards Semmelsberger as well here, Marcel. I kind of agree he's a little bit more well-rounded, in my opinion. Throws a little bit more straighter punches. Chaos Williams, like he can kill you with those hooks and everything. But I question the cardio a lot. Um, you know, if he if he goes out there and tries to knock Semmelsberger out, he could do it. I, I have seen Semmelsberger hurt in past fights. So his chin's definitely not the greatest. It's definitely something I'm worried about going forward with him. But uh, I think if he doesn't get KO'd, he's the better fighter. Um, I think he is the better grappler. Chaos Williams' grappling is okay, but it's not great. And I got to be honest, I was kind of surprised he lost to Perea in the last fight. And I feel like watching that fight back, the biggest thing that really hurt him in that fight was uh, Perea's movement. He, he he moved really well in the cage. And Semmelsberger moves well too. So I think that he can kind of stick and move Marsalk. I feel like he can kind of do the same thing and win this fight like on points or maybe get a stoppage. I'm leaning towards Semmelsberger a little bit, guys. So... Yeah, I, I think it's Dogger Pass too. I'm with Marcel on this one. Let me get these comments here. Daniel said, uh, UFC matchup two guys let down by their gas tank. He was talking about Parisian and uh, Roki. I'm with you. And I, like I said, I actually think that Roki has the better gas tank, even though he doesn't look like he's in shape. I actually think he's got a better gas tank. Let's be really honest. Uh, heavyweights uh, under a top 15 always kind of fail the gas tank. You know? Yeah, I it's, mean. it's true. I just think it's, oh, I think it's, it's, it's decent. I think it's okay. I think it's. I think it's probably as good as Porter's, you know, possibly. So, and Porter, you know, you saw what he did to him. Let me get Jamie's comment. Hey, Jamie. He says, it's a guy who looks like a sneaky good card. I'll always tune in when the zombie fights. Love that, man. I remember watching him fight Garcia in the WEC. What are your favorite Korean zombie moments? I got a couple. So, I was watching his fights back Shame. in the day. I got a couple, guys. So, I mean, I love the guy. Um, the, the I also got... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also I also got my least favorite zombie moments. So. Okay, I got, I got let me let me talk about a few and then I'll get yeah. it. Um, so for me, the the number one would definitely be the twister because mm -hmm. I'd never seen that submission before. I had no idea who it was, and I watched that fight with my friends. We were freaking out. Joe Rogan, I was watching again today. Joe Rogan and Goldberg freaked out. You gotta love it, right? They were so excited. He's got a twister. Oh, that was sick. I mean, I've never seen that submission. I know it's called a guillotine wrestling or something, but we don't do wrestling canon, so I didn't really know what that was, and that was unbelievable. But the first fight with Garcia and WC was unbelievable. But I got to go with um, – also, I was at the fight with Mark Hominick where he knocked him on seven seconds. I was at that fight. That was nuts. Um, and then the fight with Dustin Poirier where I bet on, on Korean Zombie at plus 350, I think he was. He was a huge underdog against Dustin Poirier. What was it? Yeah, he was like plus 250 or 350. So those are my, my favorite moments of the guy. I absolutely love the dude, and I can't wait to watch him fight. We'll talk about his fight. But give me your thoughts, Marcel, your favorite and I guess least favorite moment. Favorite twister, obviously. Uh, the Dustin fight, because I called that as well. Yeah. I also had Zombie in that fight, so this was beautiful. Uh, the Dennis Bermudez knockout after coming back after that was four a good years. One. Yep. Yeah, I loved that Loved that as well. And then when he also, I think he, he was also an underdog against Moicano, and he also knocked him out in the first minute. Yep. So those are most of my favorite ones. My least favorite one is probably the the, the 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 fight where he was leading four to one in rounds probably against Jair Rodriguez yeah. and got knocked out in the last second by that spinning elbow, which was a beautiful knockout, man. But man, it it, it kind of sucked, man, because you know if Jair would have dominated that fight and he would knocked him out I like know. that, it would have been beautiful. And now it's like it's it's pretty, you can't say it's undeserved, but it felt like undeserved. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know you've talked about that before. That's your opinion on it. That's fair. Um. That was a crazy fight. I mean, I, I can't believe we forgot about that, guys. That's that fight's amazing. I mean, that was on the twenty uh, fifth anniversary card in Denver. Unbelievable we, fights. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I remember we had some Twitter and, talk. And, and then when they yeah. changed the graphics, they had like the old school graphics in the cage, the, the yeah, Ultimate yeah, Fighter yeah. guy, and everything. True. That was awesome. I actually would like to. I like for them to do a retro show every once in a while. I think it's cool. So yeah, but yeah. Today, those are that's to answer your question, Jamie. Hopefully, you answered it. Let me get Daniel's question. 
I'm concerned uh, Samuels Berger will be intimidated by the stare down Karius does before the fight. TKO for uh, Chaos, possibly. He's definitely a strong dude with power, so it's possible. And, and Samuels Berger, I like the guy, but I was listening to him, you know, his interview with James, and he was talking about how, you know, he loves, he wants to get in there and do what he does, what he, do what he loves and also what he fears. And I, when I hear that comment like that, it does bother me a little bit. At the same time, though, I mean, these guys are, they're cognizant of the fact that when you step into Octagon, you can be, you can be killed. You can be killed. I mean, anything can happen in there. The Octagon is a dangerous place. So as much as I don't like hearing a fighter say he's, you know, fear, fearing the cage, it does make sense, Marcel. Like, you're going in there to get hurt, right? Like, you're going to hurt someone else. It's the hurt business. Mr. Always, congrats on the verification. Thanks, man. Enjoy that joint, my man. There we go. And uh, let's go to the next fight here, Marcel. We've got Verna Jandaroba against Kanako Murata. Interesting fight here. Women's 115. Right now, the odds for this one. Minus 135 for Verna, plus 115 for Murata. What do you think, Marcel? So it's a tough fight, man, to pick, to be honest, man. I think many people will think Jandiroba will do this easily, but man, Murata's good, man. I think. I think Murata's solid. Uh, her only loss came, came to Renakai, who is like 22 and 2, with her only two <laughs> losses. She was also much bigger, too. <laughs> yeah. With her, yeah, with her only two losses in the UFC as well. She won every every other fight she was in, pretty much. Um, I mean, Murata. I really like her, man. She, she comes from Invicta. She was a champ over there. Uh, got signed by the UFC. UFC was supposed to fight Lavinia uh, Souza. Uh, didn't went through. Randa Marcos took the short notice fight. And uh, she pretty much dominated Randa Marcos in that fight, you know. And I pretty much expected that, to be honest. Not for her and Roba. is good, man. I think Roba is really underrated. Um, she only got two losses on her record, which is to uh, the current number one contender, in my opinion, Carla Esparza. And to uh, Mackenzie Dern in a fight which was close, some people mm -hmm. scored it for her 29 28. So, yep. um, yeah, tough. Um, this this is split decision written all over it, to in my opinion. And uh, I will pick Jandaroba in this one. I'm really still on the fence, I still can might switch to Morata, but right now I'm slightly leaning towards Verna Jandaroba. Yeah, this is definitely, I think this fight's closer than a lot of people think. I, I see a lot of people just saying bet on Werner, like she's going to dominate this fight. I think it's close, guys. I do, because Murata is a great grappler, man. I mean, Verna's is great at grappling, don't get me wrong, but Murata is too. Like she's, and she's like, she's got this style, Marcel, like that Khabib style where she doesn't let go of your body. Like Damian Maia kind of, almost Damian Maia. Goes right in for that body lock clinch and gets it down. Like she's not shooting traditional doubles and singles. She's going for body lock takedowns and it's different to defend that. But the thing is, I feel like in this fight, she's a little bit smaller than, than Jandaroba, which is something to keep in mind. Um, I feel like almost you could be fighting a 105, Marcel, I'll be honest with you. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a close fight, but I feel like Jandaroba being a little bit bigger gives her a bit of an edge. And I also think if it does stay standing, I do think Jandaroba is the better striker too. So, it's close. I, I, I think it's a close fight, but I would lean a little bit towards the favorite. I'm just saying, this fight's not a, not a wipeout by any means, guys. Murata is a good fighter. She dominated Randa Marcos in her last fight. Absolutely dominated her. So, let's give her a little bit more credit than I, I think some people are. But, yeah, I mean, the odds... They're competitive, so there's definitely respect going on in both women here, and I think it's going to be a competitive fight, Marcel. <laughs> you say split decision. I called that fight last week, Murphy and Calderwood. I said it's going to be a split decision, and it was. So I, I have a feeling Marcel might be, uh, might be right about that. Miguel, Man, uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I got so much uh, replies and bad feedback about my scorecard for Murphy against Calderwood. Would you score in that fight? How did, were you I, I had a 29-27 for Murphy. You know, it's not, um, it's a, it was a close fight though. Like, and I think that scorecard yeah. is justified because the second round could have been 10-8. The third round obviously yeah. was Murphy's. It comes down to the first round. It comes down to what you thought won. 
Calderwood did land more strikes. I can see why people scored for her, but I thought Murphy landed the harder, more damaging strikes. That's why I think that, you know, the judges probably gave it to her. So it was a close I fight, think, Marcel. Yeah. yeah, it was it was close, man. It wasn't yeah. a robbery, guys. Too many people yeah. throw that word around. Like, listen, I was pissed because I thought Collier beat um, uh, uh, what's his name, Felipe. Who do you think won that one? Did you? Um. Yeah, it was close. Man. Yeah, it was close. That's I what I'm saying. I can't really, I can't really yeah. recall. I did also score no five. I think so. we talked about it yesterday. Like I thought, I thought Collier won, but I'm not like crying robbery. You know, it was a close fight. He didn't do enough to. To show the judges that he absolutely deserved to win, even though I the strike the stats show one thing, but it doesn't matter. They don't, the judges don't get those stats. You gotta remember Philippe, that. Philippe again acted like he won the world. Oh, he, won, like he won the gold medal at the Olympics. Like this, <laughs> yeah. I like his personality, but I honestly feel yeah. like he, I feel like he's lost his last two fights against Tafa and against <laughs> Collier. Now I don't they think he's one three instead of three one. Yeah, I don't think That's he's that good. I really don't. Anyways. We get these comments here. Um, we get Daniels first. Daniel said uh, Murata decision or Jandorova submission. Yeah, Verna's got nasty submissions. Great, great point. Nasty, so it's possible for sure. Um, Verna managed to get Carla's respect. She looked good against Carla too. I mean, it was a close fight, but Carla had a little bit more top control in that fight. Let me get Born mm -hmm. again. Or uh, Daniel said he uh, <laughs> he bet on a draw last week with Murphy. That's a, that's only a bad bet. You almost got it. Born again. Uh, zombie year year much closer. People remember. I had it uh, two to two going into the last round, and uh, I actually was—I think I would have scored it for Zombie, right? And then he gets knocked out. So I think that's how I scored. I can't remember. I, uh, I remember it being really close. I had a three to one, man. There you go. I can't yeah. honestly, man. I don't remember the score, but I remember being mm. like super close and knowing whoever won that last round probably was going to win the fight. And he gets the elbow, which was just insane. It almost looked like a fake knockout the way it happened. Like, it didn't look real. Like, it was just like, wow. Well, you know what? You know, I was like, dude, what are you doing, man? The last 15 seconds, you got it in the back. And then, and then the zombie came out. And zombie, it was crazy. You know? they, and, they, were yeah. like, they were like putting their arms up. Like, let's go. I just watched it today. I'm like, what is he doing? Terrible, yeah. terrible fight IQ. You guys think about David Tamer. No, I haven't heard anything. I know he lost to Charles and he got hurt in that fight. But just hasn't fought in a while. It's kind of weird. Him and his brother, Daniel. Maybe they're taking a break from the sports possible during COVID. And also Daniel, Daniel got cut by the UFC, his brother, I think. I think so. He yeah, lost I, to Chase I, Super. I, I was at that fight in Vegas. He got destroyed yeah. by Chase. That's not a good sign. Anyways, um, yeah, so we're both leaning toward I, – I, you said Jandaroba or you said Morata? Yeah, yeah, Jandaroba. Okay, yeah. okay, by decision. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably thinking that too. But I, I do think a sub is possible. Mm. I, I think that's definitely an interesting shout there, Daniel, and the odds – my submission only plus two seventy five. This the odds. I wouldn't even touch it. Props are hard enough to hit, guys. You know, they're like you saw last week with the Paul Craig fight. He's apologizing to people that he's like, "Sorry, guys, it was a knockout, not a submission." That's not his fault, though. The stupid referee screwed you guys. That's a bad beat. All right, let's go to the next fight here, Marcel. The last prelim, Nick Negu Mariano against Alexa Kamer. I think I got his last name right. It's it's a tricky one, but. Negu Mar Marianu. Um, <laughs> right now, Kimura is a big favorite here. Minus 250. Negu Marianu plus 210. Give me your thoughts on this one, man. Absolutely justified, in my opinion, man. Uh, Nic Nic Nicolai Negu Marianu. Uh, I think he's, he's Romanian, right? Um, lost uh, his octagon debut against Saperbek Safarov in, in a very nasty fight where Safarov made uh, many uh, falls, you know? Um, yep. But yeah, you know, Nigo Mariano, he got uh, two wins against some ultimate Eastern European camps, man, and Kovac, Kami Kalman, and Juri Gorbenko. Um, haven't seen enough <coughs> from him where I was like, wow, uh, th this is this is good, you know. 
I, I, I really not too too high on him. Maybe he surprises me on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Alexa Kamer, um, Kamer, Kamer won against Fabio Charant in the Contender Series. Came in the UFC, defeated Justin with that. And then he won. Uh, he lost against William Knight, which isn't really a good look to lose to William Knight, in my opinion. Uh, after what we saw, while well, we saw fought William Knight last time, Dad, and you called that. Yeah, down Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I still think Kamer would probably come out victorious in this one. I see Kamer stopping in the first round for KO. Yeah, this one I don't know about this one. I gotta be honest, I'm not sure because I think Nick, you know, he hasn't fought in forever. He hasn't fought in two years, and everyone just kind of thinks he sucks because of that one fight. But he looked good in those other fights, man. It's all on YouTube. Just type his name and you can watch the fights. He looked good, guys. Like his striking looked good, his grappling looked good. He was fighting a bunch of really like low-level fighters, but he does have one decent win over this guy, uh, Hatif Moel or something. He's in PFL yeah, now. PFL. Yeah, like that's not a bad win. He And he stopped him in the first round. He looked good in that fight too. So that's a decent win. I agree that the other wins were, were garbage. And I agree that the fight with Safrod was very disappointing. No doubt about it. And that guy, I don't think he's in the UFC anymore. So yeah, there's a lot of question marks about this guy, but I have a lot of question marks about Alexa too. And I like the kid. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he trains with Stipe. I, I think you mentioned that. Obviously, it's strong style. He's been training with yeah. him his whole life. But, you know, he hasn't fought in a while now. It's been nine months. He's coming. I was listening. I watched both these interviews with James and with uh, John. He talked about how he had a shoulder injury. He's been out because he had a separated shoulder, second separated shoulder. That seems like a serious injury for a guy who's only 25 years old. Um, another thing, guys, I noticed this Negan Mariano guy, go to his Instagram. You know who he's training with, Marcel? Uh, Kamzat Chemayev. He's training with those guys. I think he's part of their camp because there's pictures of him with Gustafsson and uh, Chemayev. So, I mean, if this guy's been working his wrestling with with Chemayev, that, that could be an ace in the hole in this fight. I feel like it's tricky to bet on these guys that have been out for so long. Like, we saw this a few months ago with that Jarvis Daniel guys. Me and, me and you sat here talking so much shit about that, dude. He went out there and, and starched the Castro. We hadn't seen him fight in five years. This Nego Mariano guy, he's like <laughs> he's like this dude, uh, Mike Trezano, a few weeks ago. Hadn't seen him fight in two years. Comes back and looked like a different fighter almost, right? I still don't know if he won the fight, but it's possible this guy might look a lot better than what he looked like before. So I would really try cautiously with this one. I, I don't think Kamur's as good as people think, man. He didn't look good at all against William Knight, guys. He got dominated by William Knight, who's like a borderline UFC guy right now. Um, Justin Ledet is a guy who got cut. Fabio Schwann is not good at all. We saw against Menefield too. So I'm worried about this guy, Marcel. i got to be honest. I feel like this is a potential spot for an upset, guys. So I'm not sure if I can go out on a limb and, and call Nego Marianne right now but i'm thinking about it i'm not gonna lie and you know he does have a four inch reach advantage in this fight which could come into play as well i'm just not completely sold in alexa um marcel i'll be honest you know but again I, me, I me neither, me neither. yeah i recognize the kids you know training with the champ and he's obviously got potential but there's just some things about him that are, i'm worried about and i i, I wouldn't want to lay minus 250 on alexa camera i know a lot of people are just going to parlay him thinking that this guy uh sucks mega merit because he lost to safarov but I don't know, man. We've seen a lot of situations like this. A guy loses to someone we think, you know, stinks like Safarov. They go away for a while, come back, and, and like Dan Ho, look like a different fighter. So this is a one where, again, if this guy's training with Kamzat and getting better at his wrestling, Marcel, he might surprise us, man. I, I wouldn't be, I would not be shocked if he won. I'm not going to be surprised if he won. Again, my initial thought with this fight was this guy stinks. He lost to Safarov. Then I watched his fights again. I'm like, he's not as bad as he looked. But, and the thing is, uh, he lost that fight because of his grappling. Kamura's not a grappler, really. His grappling's not that great. So if this fight stays standing, I think it can go either way, Marcel, honestly. So we'll see what happens. 
Daniel said, uh, have to pick him more based on what we've seen unless we see Nikolai, unless he's uh, made improvements. It's possible he has. That, that's the thing. He's talking about the size difference between Jung and that. Yeah, that's true for sure. Um, Jamie Gidley, check out Manny Bermuda's uh, Wikipedia page. Thinking about it randomly. I remember he used to be a prospect. You and James really liked Adam. Dude, I used to really like him. And I watched this fight back with Davey Grant, and he destroyed Davey Grant. But he can't make weight, so he's not in the UFC. But I really like that guy, Manny Bermuda's. We'll talk about Davey Grant in a minute here. But anyways, Marcel, that's it for the prelims. So we pretty much agreed on a lot of the fights, but there, there was a couple that we uh, – actually, I think we were, like, basically split now that I'm looking at it again. We, I think we were about three and three there. So we'll, we'll, we'll have some, you know, change – we'll have some um, uh, differences of opinion on this card, I think. Not, not just for me, Marcel. I think a lot of people will because there's a lot of, like – you look at the odds, Marcel, a lot of them are very close, right? So they're not, like, huge favorites. You know what I mean? Like, there's some tough yeah. fights to call. And I think this one's kind of tough to call too, Marcel. Diego Lima yeah. against Matt Brown, man. <sighs> Diego Lima minus 170, Matt Brown plus 150. I honestly don't know about this one. What do you think? I mean, difficult fight to pick, definitely, man. Um, Diego Lima, um, he came back in the UFC after the Ultimate Fighter uh, comeback season, remember? And uh, he fought Jesse Taylor in the, fight, in the finale. He lost. Then he lost to Ukami. Then he went to a three-fight win streak. Some split decisions, which should have been unanimous, in my opinion. Um I remember him asking for for for, for a bonus, right? Uh, but he didn't get it or whatever. Uh, then he lost to Bilal Muhammad in the in in this la in this most recent fight. Um, yeah, and he's fighting Matt Brown. What can you say about Matt Brown? Matt Brown always comes to scrap. You know, you know what Matt Brown's style is. Um, two fight losing streak, but gotta say, man, that first round against Miguel Baez, I almost had him mm -hmm. there, had him out of there in the first round. So mm -hmm. he, he looked good in that one, but he got knocked out in the second. Carlos Condit fight didn't really look good. Was I was kind of, uh, I was kind of not not surprised, but kind of. How do you say that? Um, shocked? Um, <laughs> no, also not shocked. Uh, that that you're, uh, I kind of disappointed in that fight. Oh, okay, from, yeah, from yeah. Him. yeah. I expected more, you know. And the thing is, uh, Matt Brown, you know, Matt Brown is already 40, you know. And uh, like you always say, and I agree with you, when you're past 40, it's going to go downwards, you know. And that's yeah. for like 99% of the fighters is that way. And you got that 1% that doesn't have that, that thing going. Trinaldo might be one. Uh, Romero might be one. You know, they are still very good at, after their 40s. And Henderson um, was another one because he was juiced yeah. up on TRT. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Got to go with Diego Lima there for uh, probably. It's a close fight. Won't yeah. be surprised if Matt Brown edges it, but uh, I'm going with Diego Lima. Definitely not a finish going with a decision winner. Yeah, this this fight's interesting. You know, my initial thought was to take the plus money on Matt Brown, but then I'm watching the fights again. I think he's really hit a steep decline, guys. Like, it really looks like he's past his prime now. Um, he took a lot of damage against Baez. And, you know, I know he did well in the first round, but actually after seeing Ponzinibbio pick apart Baez's head. Now we know he's got some issues with the striking defense. So I'm not really sure if it was, you know, Mapper looking good or Baez has some issues with that. Because against Carlos Condit, Marcel, he got out wrestled yeah, by Carlos. Yeah. He got out wrestled by Carlos Condit. When yeah. does that happen? That's not that's good. A, yeah. If that didn't happen, I might have went for Matt I, I'm with you. Man. I think so too. I, I I think I would have had to, right? But we saw that fight. Mm -hmm. And so we have a little bit more information now that he does look like he's on the decline. The other thing I, you know, I'm looking at the fight and you know, you can't help but look at Matt Brown's record. It's 22 and 18. He's essentially a 500 fighter. I'm pretty sure he's less than 500 in the UFC. I'm going to double check right now, but I think he is. Uh, it's close. I think he's about 500 in the UFC. He's seven, seven and five or eight and five in the regional scene. I wonder. I do want to mention. I remember watching this fight years ago. 
he does have a win over Douglas Lima by a TKO grounded pound. He got on top of him, beat him up 2007. So it was a long time ago. So going for the, um, the, the, uh, the second brother here in Diego Lima, I'm just, I don't know, man. It's just hard because I think Brown's kind of at the end of his career, Marcel. And, you know, it's not even just the fights recently, guys, but even like Jake Ellenberger really beat him up bad. And Donald Cerrone and these guys are there. Jake Ellenberger, I thought, was completely shot and destroyed Matt Brown. So that really worries me. I know he looked good against Sanchez and against Saunders, but let's be honest, those guys are at the end of the career. I will want. I do want to say though, the one thing that I did notice, um, he does obviously well is his, his Muay Thai and his clinch work and his elbows from the clinch. And Diego Lima, when he fought Tim Means, got hurt in the clinch. So if Matt Brown pushes forward and gets him in the clinch in the first round, I think he could knock out Diego Lima. But I think if he doesn't get that knockout, Marcel, I'm pretty sure Lima's going to outpoint him. Um, Lima's a, he's a big welterweight, man. He's a big dude. He, he, he you know, he, he fights long too. He fights at range. And I think that, you know, the first time he's in the UFC, he was a great fade because his chin was just not good. He was getting knocked out left and right, but it looks like he's kind of fixed his defense a little bit. He's, he doesn't go as crazy forward as he used to. I think if he, if he does move forward and keeps his chin up, it's possible he can get knocked out. So that's something to keep in mind here. But overall, if Matt Brown can't get him out of there in the first round, Marcel, I'm with you. I think he outpoints him and wins a decision. Um, so that's my, my feeling on it. It'd be nice to see Matt Brown win another fight, but, you know, 40 years old, guys, it, it, it's just, it's hard to trust these guys. And Daniel said, after banging my last week, we dealt with the oldies. Yeah, yeah. I know, I never thought I'd pick Diego Lima over a guy with a bad chain historically against a guy Matt Brown is so aggressive. But, you know, he's caught him at the right time, I think. you got a 40-year-old against a 31-year-old, Marcel. Go ahead. <laughs> What are you going to say? Nothing. I have to sneeze. Oh, there you go. All right, let's go to the next one here. Wellington Terman against Bruno Silva. And uh, this fight, close odds. Uh, yeah, right now Silva, minus 140. Terman, plus 120. So uh, pretty close odds. I know you're pretty familiar with uh, Wellington Terman and Bruno, Bruno Silva's the guys when M1 and stuff. So give me your thoughts on this fight, and then I'll talk about them. The only thing I don't like about Wellington Terman is if I see his name, I, it always remembers me. I never had Beef Wellington. I know. I never had so, that either. And there's this baseball player named, uh, what was his name? Wellington Castillo, I think his name was. And I used to, yeah. that was his name. His nickname was Beef, right? I used to call okay. him Beef. Yeah, yeah. But I never had it before. I got What is it? What is Beef Wellington? I got to check. It's like, it's like some uh, kind of a, a steak, something. And what, uh, oh, it actually looks really those. good, dude. Holy, I got to have some of this now. Okay, I'm it's, having some now. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continue. <laughs> Yeah, it's always makes me hungry. I never had it, but it looks so good. Um, yeah, Wellington Terman. Um, I mean, I haven't been really been uh, high on him in the UFC at all, to be really honest, man. He, he lost to Carl Robeson, was yeah. close fight. I remember that one. Um, Marcus Perez win was good. I mean, he, Perez uh, did some uh, real, the real Joker stuff in the way in, but he, he got pretty much beat in that fight. Uh, and then he lost to Andrew Sanchez by KO and never expected Andrew Sanchez to knock him out, to be really honest, uh, because Andrew Sanchez is not really known as a knockout artist, in my opinion. Uh, now fighting Bruno Silva, Bruno Blandado Silva, we got to say. It's not the Bruno Silva on the flyweight, mm -hmm. Bulldog, but it's Blandado. Uh, Blandado been, has actually been signed since 2019 with UFC, but he got the two-year suspension from USADA. So this is his debut. Dude is a good fighter, in my opinion, man. He has wins over Alexander Shlomenko, which is arguably one of the best Russian fighters, MMA fighters ever, former Bellator champion. Uh, got wins over Thiago Varejao, which is a good fighter. And also got a win over Artem Frolov. That's his most recent yeah. win in 2018, yeah. where, he, uh, where he won the M1 Global title. Um, so, 
and that was at the brink where Adam Frolov was supposed to sign with the UFC, and it didn't happen because of some visa issues. He took the fight with Bruno Silva, and Bruno Silva beat him, and he's now in the UFC. So um, Silva can go can go long in, in rounds. So he also he got a fourth round win by a KO against Frolov. Um, it's been a long time ago. I watched that fight, so I, I'm not can re I, I can recall the, the the finish, but I can't recall the the whole fight anymore. Uh, I know I've been high on Bruno's Blandado Silva. I was also going to bet him against Darren Wynn. So um, I, I don't see a way. I see that we see a win for Terman in this one, man. I think Bruno Blandado Silva probably finished him second round. Yeah, so I'll give my thoughts on these guys, and you know, this is a, I'll be honest. Like I, he did fight in the UFC Bruno Silva in Ultimate Fighter. He fought Peter Moreno. I didn't really remember yeah. too much about him. So I, sure. I had to watch his fights because I hadn't really seen them. So I watched them a couple days ago. And most of them are on YouTube. The Frollo fights are on YouTube. But if you type it in uh, Google, there's a there's a link to one. I think actually it might be on YouTube now that I think about it. But either way, I watched that fight. And basically he won it because he was better conditioned, which surprised me. Looking at the guy, I thought he would gas out. And also, you know, he took him down and just beat him up and, and finished him, I think, with ground and pound from in the fourth round. So it was impressive. And before that, obviously, he knocked out Shlomenko. The guy's got some power. He's a tank. Go to his Instagram. The guy's in sick shape for this fight, guys. Like, he's he's in good shape. I am worried about the guy. Upsets. Pardon? Two huge upsets. Yeah, he, he, the upset over Frolov was massive. He, yeah. And the Shomenko fight. So, it's a guy that historically hasn't gained much respect um, in Russia. But the guy got some power. Now, I just have concerns because, first off, obviously, the steroid suspension. I mean, he looks good in his pictures. He looks ripped. But we don't even know. Like, it's just the same guy that's going to – be in the UFC that was the guy in M1 that was juicing. Um, we have mm -hmm. no idea because obviously he was using steroids there because he was caught for them. So uh, the guy who beat Shlomenko and Frolov, Marcel, was juiced up. So I'm not really sure it's going to be the same guy. Um, that's the, the concern I have. Okay. Shlomenko has always had... No, Shlomenko was also juiced. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but Frolov, I'm not sure if he was. A anyways, the point is, like, I do have concerns about this guy because of that. Now, the other thing is... He had this fight against this guy, Moise Rimbon. I don't know. You probably know this guy because he fought in Too Hot to Handle and he fought in a yeah. few of his other Dutch promotions back he, in the day. He did, yeah. He fought over him too, like 2000 or something. So he, this guy absolutely dominated him four, five years ago in Phoenix FC. Dominated him. Took him down at will and then commurred him. He was 40 years old. That's very concerning to me. So, you know, if this dude gasses out and he doesn't get the finish, I think Terman could out-wrestle him a little bit. So... You know, Terman's a little bit younger than him, too. Um, I just have a concern with Terman's chin after that Andrew Sanchez fight. That's why I can't pick him here, because of the chin. But I think it's potentially Terman um, kind of, you know, uh, mounting a comeback here if he doesn't get knocked out. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I think the fight could go. But overall, I think Silva could get him out of there. So I'm going to lean towards Silva Marcel. But like I said, when a guy misses three years because of PEDs, that worries the hell out of me. So let's go to the next fight here. Julian Arosa, Juicy J against Sung Wu Choi. His nickname is Sting, which is a cool nickname. Sungwoo Choi, minus 145. Julian Rosa, plus 125. What do you think? So when Sungwoo Choi got signed with the UFC in uh, 2019, uh, I was like, I don't know, man. Dude hasn't fought for two years. He was the former uh, champion of a Chinese organization or a South Korean organization named Top FC. Um he lost to Mavsar Evloev. I think it was, I don't know if it was a short notice fight, but he lost that one pretty clearly. Then he lost to Gavin, Gavin Tucker. One against Suman Mokhtarin in a good in a good showing for him, but yep. Suman didn't live up to his potential in the UFC, in my opinion. So um, 
Joseph Salal after that, which I think you called that fight that he should that he was going to win that. I I thought uh, Yusuf Salal was going to win, so I was wrong on that one. Uh, Julian Arosa, yeah, Julian Arosa has looked surprisingly good in the UFC. So and I yeah. have to say, in 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 this Nate Landworth fight where I knocked him out, the Sean Woodson fight, I think Woodson looked good early in the fight, and then when uh, Arosa got him to the into the ground in the third round, he uh, he easily submitted him. So. Um, actually, Orosa has been on, on three on three occasions in the UFC, right? He, mm -hmm. he went from the ultimate fighter, then he got re-signed after the Contender Series. Uh, he actually didn't get signed for the Contender Series, but he got a short notice as well in spot against Dev Devonta Smith. Um, such a tough fight to play, man. Uh, I still think Sang Woo Choi has more ups, uh, upside in this fight, man, to be really honest. And uh, he, he pretty much convinced me of that he is a pretty good fighter when he saw him fought against Shuzef Salal. I think he yeah. did very well in that fight. Yeah. And uh, Erosa, I don't know, man. He looked great against Nate Landwehr, but Nate Landwehr hasn't showed to me that he is really UFC caliber yet. He, I know he won against Elkins, but in my opinion, I had to won 29 28 yeah. for Elkins, but Elkins pretty much loses every decision now because he's banged up after every fight. Yeah. So, uh, now for me, it's a somewhat choice in this one. I think uh, the Korean wins unanimous decision. Yeah, this is a competitive fight. I think both guys have looked pretty good lately. Um, Arosa surprised me just like you. The fight with Woodson really surprised me. It was a great comeback. He was losing that fight, though. you got to remember yeah. that. He came back late. He did some good work, though, to the body. A guy like Sean Woodson, who's so tall and skinny, you should punch that guy to the body. That was smart. So the guy's got a lot of experience. I mean, he has over 30 fights, right? So that's the number one, I think, characteristic for this guy, his experience. He's been in there with a lot of guys. But the one thing that I hate about this guy is his chin. This guy can get knocked out. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. And Choi, man, I know he hasn't got a knockout yet, but watching that Mokhtarian fight back, Marcel, he was teeing yeah, off on him. Yeah. And I think that if he gets, you know, Rosa in a position like that, he could do the same thing. But even if not, you know, I, I think Choi's a little bit more of a solid fighter, more defensively sound. And also, I think he's probably the better wrestler too, Marcel. I think he can probably get him down a little bit. Um, you know, the Yusuf's law fight, I think that's a good win for him. And I think that showed that he's competitive. So two guys uh, that are pretty evenly matched, but I'm leaning a little bit towards Choi here. Uh, we got a couple fights left, guys. We'll go to the next one here. Marlon Vera against Davey Grant. It's the rematch. The odds for this one, which are pretty high. Um, they opened really high at minus 325. Thankfully, the line's been brought down to earth. Minus 210 for Marlon. Plus 175 for Davey Grant. The first fight, Davey Grant closed as the favorite and won that fight. Now, uh, five years later, Marlon Vera is the favorite. What do you think, Marcel? Yeah, the odds are fucking nuts, guys. I yeah, mean, if I you agree. want to take a shot at someone, take Davy Grant. Yeah. Uh, if you want to take a shot. And the thing is, Marlon Vera, uh, he's been really improved since that first fight, obviously, man. I think he's becoming a, a top 15 fighter in the UFC. Um, I don't agree with the Song Yadong unanimous decision loss for him. I think he won. You know what's funny? So I, I agree with you. And the funny thing is, I was watching it back. My tweets on the TV, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure uh, Vera just won 29 28. And then they. <laughs> Unanimously went to Dong. I, Yudong, I don't agree with that one at all, by the way. No, but Yudong has been very fortunate with, with decisions before, <laughs> also against Cody Stamen, for example. Yep. Yep. So um, after that, he won against Sean O'Malley. Everybody wants to vanish that uh, fight for some reason, but I think it was a legit win. Um, and then he, he lost to Jose Aldo, which was kind of concerning to me because he looked good in one run, and then he, he lost yep. the last two. Yep. So um david grant yeah david grant has looked good man lately i mean i was like uh, after his two losses to stasiak and uh, bermudas i was like 
if he loses the next one, he's gone. And he won that with split decision. I think it should have been unanimous against Gregory Pop yep. if he looked good in that one. And then he knocked out Martin Day. That's what I expected, but I didn't expect him to win against Jonathan Martinez, to be really honest. He knocked him out as well. So um, do I think Davey Grant is going to knock out Marlon Vera? Probably not. I think um, Vera has learned from the first fight. Uh, he lost that one. That was in 2016. It was in London. Uh, that was in the U.S. Um uh, man, I, I'm, it's it's a much closer fight than the odds think, you know. But I think Marlon Vera will probably win this fight as long as he doesn't he doesn't get knocked out. But I don't think David Grant knocks him out, so I'm thinking Marlon Vera for unanimous decision here. Yeah, that's a good fight. I like the rematch. Uh, a lot of people were asking why they're doing this. I think that you know both guys are right now about the same spot in the division. The winner will get someone in the top fifteen, and the loser is going to have to work their way back up. You know, <sighs> both guys are good. Um, Vera. He's been a guy that I bet on a lot in the UFC, especially when he was fighting like really bad competition, like Luigi Burin and Guido Canetti and these guys. But now that he is stepping up in competition, I know he should have won against Yadong, but he didn't win that fight. And the Aldo fight disappointed me, guys. It really did. I know it's Jose Aldo. He's a legend. But come on. I mean, he's not the same guy he once was. And he got dominated by him. So that worries me, Marcel. Davey Grant's mm-hmm. look good, guys. Like, he's very tough. I know he's been dropped a lot. He's been dropped a few times in the UFC, but he doesn't get knocked out. His submission defense is a worry if this fight goes to the ground, but the first fight, he didn't get caught in a submission, and he he dominated Marlon Vera in that first fight, Marcel. Like, it was a dominant performance. He was just the better fighter everywhere, striking and the ground. I think if he mixes it up in this fight, he can win again. So this reminds me of um, Ally Quinton and Kevin Lee, and they fought a few years ago, and Ally Quinton won, and they rematched it. Everyone thought Kevin Lee would win that rematch because he was the – more improved fighter, he didn't win. Remember that, Marcel, a few years ago? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, this, remi- this reminds me of that, this same situation. Everyone thinks Vera is the more improved guy, and he's improved. But I think Davy Grant's looked really good. So I'm kind of leaning towards an upset here, Marcel. I think the odds are off on this one completely. I think it's a close fight. I would rather take pl- plus 200 on a guy who's already won, and he, he's looked good lately. The guy's really – he's a seriously underrated fighter, man. You know, it's – also yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean it's caught down to down to earth. The odds makers opened it at minus three twenty-five. That is that was high. So there's there was some big value there at, on Grant. Um but yeah, I think it's dogger pass. I really do. So that's my thoughts on this one, guys. Now let's go to the last two fights here, Marcel. I, I don't know how much time you have to spend on this one because I, I honestly feel like this fight's so easy to call Sergey Spivak against Alexia Linick. Uh right now the odds for this fight, guys, Spivak minus two twenty, Alexia Linick plus one eighty. I feel like there's only one way this fight, two ways this fight goes, either you know, Lena gets knocked out with grounding pound or punches on the feet, or he, he randomly gets a submission. But I, I really like Spivak in this fight, Marcel. What do you think? It's either Olenek pulls guard and tries to get that, uh, that Ezekiel choke again, or Spivak uh, knocks him out. And I'm going with Spivak knockout. Yeah. I don't think we have we have to say anything more about no. this fight. I think Spivak wins. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this one actually, guys, is a, it's a, this is a reasonable betting line. Mine is 220. I think he should be a much bigger favorite to be back here. So I'm just saying that right now. This is a guy that you might want to play. I understand he's not the greatest fighter in the world. He has been finished before in the UFC, but he's improved a lot. And Alexi Olenek is, dude, he's 18 years older than him. 18 years older, guys. Go ahead. Actually, also his win against Jared Vanderay looks much better now. Now we saw Vanderay's most I agree with that too. I mean, he finished Jared Vanderay, so that was a good win. And Born Again, you're right. He uh, The significant strikes were close, but again, you know, the ground control was what worried me. And David Grant's a decent wrestler, so I'm just saying I'm a little bit worried about Vera in this fight. I don't know. I, I, I think he's good. He's not as good as maybe I thought at first. That's all I'm worried about. But I, I think it's a close fight for sure. Um, anyways, Marcel, I'm with you. I like Olenek, or, um, I like Spivak. I'm watching Nakano Olenek, guys. Um, what's the odds on that? 
speed back by TKO minus one forty. Yeah, I, I think just the minus two twenty. I mean, that's that seems reasonable, you know, for a guy that has a clear path to win here. Lexi Link's the oldest guy in the UFC, he, except for Barry Renault. He's the oldest male fighter, so he's turning forty four years old next week. The guy is he he, he gets knocked out almost every fight. I, I don't trust him at all, Marcel. Also, one other thing, Spivak's the bigger guy too. He's like twenty pounds heavier. I was looking at the weights. So Spivak's the heavier guy too, Marcel. So as as good as the technique is of Olenek, and maybe he can get the Ezekiel, I think Spivak mm-hmm. can get it done. All right, let's go to the main event. This is the last fight, guys. Korean Zombie, Chance of John against Dan Ige. Marcel, it's minus 110. It opened at minus 110. It's still minus 110. No one knows who the hell is going to win this fight. The oddsmakers don't know. The betting public has no idea. But you know, don't you? Who's going to win? <laughs> I believe to this one, but I'm not sure. Uh, so Chance of John... Listen, man, great fighter. I, we all love him. You know, last fight against Ortega didn't look good at all, man. Didn't, and everybody was like, if Ortega gets him to the ground, Ortega will, might have his have his way with him. But stand up, man. Korean Zombie is going to be a huge threat to Ortega. But Ortega was better stand up than Korean Zombie, man. It was actually crazy to see. You know, um, if you look at Dan Ige, Ige knocked out Tucker, crazy quick first round knockout. Uh, before that, lost to Calvin Cater in a competitive fight, but he lost. Uh, before that, Edson Barboza fight, split decision in a fight. I think Edson Barboza won actually, but uh, yeah, I, I think he was fortunate in that in that one. But man, I, I really like Egan, man. I think he, he he's been looking very very good since his debut loss against Julio Arce. I think um, he puts his, he puts it together very well. He, everybody said like when he signed with USC, man, he's really good on the ground, but the stand up is not that great. But I disagree, man. I think his stand up is pretty pretty nasty as well, you know. Um, if you look at Chan Sung Jung, man, the easy pick probably is Chan Sung Jung here because what he's done in the past, uh, how he finished fights, the, the, he's, he's all round, you know. But I feel Chan Sung Jung. That last fight, man, got me really hesitant to pick Chan Sung Jung, man. And I know Ortega is a world-class athlete, you know, and it's a, it's a top three guy. But, man, didn't look good, in my opinion. And for that, I, I'm going with Dan Ige, man. I think Dan Ige, Dan Ige is younger, uh, has more upside in this fight. And I think Dan Ige wins the fight by unanimous decision. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great fight. The odds are super close. I'm leaning towards Ige, too, though. I got to be honest with myself. So, I like him. Oakham's razor picks likes Ige, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a pick and fight, guys. I, I could definitely see why people like Zombie. I mean, the guy's, like you yeah. said, super experienced. He's been around the knockdown forever. And he's fought good fighters. But, man, I, I am concerned about this guy. I think he is on the decline. I really do because that last fight, all a lot. Of, I thought he was going to lose. I thought, or, Sorry, I thought he'd win against Ortega. I thought Ortega was going to lose on the feet. You know what I mean? And like you said, mm-hmm. Marcel, it was surprising watching him get beat up to five rounds. And, you know, watching that Frankie Edgar fight back, he was a lot bigger than Frankie. You know, I think the size played a factor in that. Macanio, he caught him with a good punch. He's got power. We know that. But Danny is very good defensively. He's never been knocked out. Um, Calvin Cater did box him up a little bit. But, you know, Calvin Cater, I think, is probably a better boxer than Jung. Jung does rely on his power a, a little bit, you know, to, to win his fights. And I don't know, man. I mean, if this fight goes to the ground, too, I think Danny can match him there. Danny is showing a good ground game. I think beating Barboza might be a better win than, than Jung at this point. You know, I think that's a good win. And I that, that don't necessarily agree with the judges. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, the fact he won that and the Bektich fight, a lot of people thought he wasn't going to win that fight and pull it off. I mean, this guy, is, you look at his odds. I'm, I'm looking at his odds right now. Historically, almost all these odds are in the minus 100 range or plus money, guys. So Dan Ige is just a guy that people don't back generally, and he's been doing really well. 
The flash fight with Gavin Tucker showed me he's improved his striking a little bit. I know it was only one punch, but I'd like to see that punch in the power. So I'm with you, Marcel. I'll take Danny Gay in this one too. So it's, it's going to be a good card, I think, guys. I think people are sleeping on it a little bit just because it does lack name value, but it should be a good one. Um, so, Marcel, uh, do you have any other fights you can break for us? I know you obviously you, – any other news? Anything else you got uh, up your sleeve? Anything? Uh, not right now, man. Uh, <laughs> nothing at the moment, man. <laughs> I have to ask, guys. We're trying to get something on Marcel. Okay. Let's plug your stuff, Marcel, and we'll get out of here. Pick Marcel24, Twitter, Instagram, MMADNA.NL, wherever you can find it. There you go, guys. Follow Marcel. Follow me on Twitter at MMAdamMartin. They do verify profile. Hopefully, Marcel gets that little check mark soon. He really deserves it. Um, you guys can follow the podcast and the oddsbreaker.com to our YouTube. Um, generally, we do it at 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, but Marcel had something going on. Uh, I'll be back Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern with AJ Shulo. We'll be breaking down, I think, PFL for you guys, so that'd be fun to do. Um, in the meantime, BJPen.com, MiamiNews.com, Fancy Fanatics, Elite, Elite Sports Betting, Elite Fantasy, guys. And, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. All right, have a good one, guys. And, yeah, welcome. So we'll break it down Thursday at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern with AJ. All right, guys, have a good one. Talk to you later.